you found the whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. For those of you who are faithful listeners, you're probably hoping this is going to be the dessert for the Passover episode. Unfortunately, with the holidays and sickness, uh, we haven't got that one all the way done yet. This episode is the appetizer. We're starting the new holiday, Shavuot, and this is the um, episode for the Feast of Weeks, or Shavuot. And I'm super excited. My brother, uh, Jim, got to do this, and he did such a good job, and I'm really excited about it. And I bet you you're going to learn something you don't know because... This is one of the things that changed the way I understood a lot of things way back when. And so I'm really excited that you get to see it. Okay, well, welcome to this uh, appetizer episode for the Feast of Shavuot. Uh, pretty excited to get into this one. Um, as, as you've seen in the entire series, <laughs> All of the feasts are pretty significant and meaningful, um, and really looking forward to connecting this one. Uh, this one, well, they all um, really fulfill the vision of the whole Testament of connecting the Old and the New Testament back together. Uh, this one has some really interesting sort of um, a little bit off on the supernatural side connections to the uh, from the Old to the New Testament. So looking forward to unpacking that one with you as we head into this uh, series on Shavuot. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to say a quick prayer. Avinu uh, Malkinu, our Father and King, just ask that you would step into this space, into this room where I'm recording, staring at a phone camera. Uh, that you will be real and present, that your spirit will be evident, that you will uh, give me the words, that none of them will be mine. And may we hear from you and see your truth in this feast. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach, Amen. In the name of Jesus the Messiah, Amen. All right, so we're looking at Shavuot, which is uh, found in Exodus chapter 19. I am going to read it's so hard on these podcasts to not read the entire thing. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to read uh, some significant stuff here, but I highly recommend that you uh, at home or wherever you are when you get a chance read all of Exodus 19 and connect to this. But I'll try to read quickly as we go. So Exodus 19 on the first day of the third month after the Israelites had left Egypt on that very day. They came to the desert of Sinai. So, yeah, maybe we'll be able to read it all because with my kids, when we read the scripture, they're like, I never can get through like a verse without, stop, wait, stop. So we're going to have to stop right there. So uh, what has happened is uh, the children of Israel have, have just left Egypt. Um, they have crossed through the Red Sea and they've been making their way to the desert of Sinai. And what's what's notable and what we need to pay attention to are specific words when God relays this uh, this the Torah to Moses to write down. And one of the things it says right here, uh, so I'm just going to start again, on the first day of the third month. So it's, it's specifically giving us a point in time. It just doesn't say, and they wandered and they came to the desert of Sinai. It's very clear on when this is occurring. It is the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt. So they leave Egypt um, that evening. If you recall, they, they sacrificed the lamb on the 14th of Nisan. They put the blood on the door. Um, that night, the angel of death goes through Egypt and, and they are driven out. Uh, so on the first day of the third month after they have left Egypt, and then uh, these words are important, on that very day. So God's intention, God's plan is to bring them to the foot of Mount Sinai. 
So something significant is going to occur, occur there at Mount Sinai. Um, and so God makes a point, and Moses writes down, on that very day, not any day, this day. Uh, so they come to the desert of Sinai. Um, then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell to the people of Israel. Maybe sometime in a, in a future podcast we'll unpack uh, when the scripture says Jacob and when the scripture says Israel. Uh, you may be aware that that is one individual. Um, so why is he using both names of the son of uh, Abraham and Isaac here? But he says, Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, you, used to, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles, eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses calls uh, the Israelites together and he says, you know, God has given us these words. And and, then let's see, this is, I should get my glasses, verse 8 of 19. Then all the people respond together. We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. And then Moses goes to, to God and God says, I'm going to come down to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. Okay, so we got another counting in the in the scripture. So uh, the first day of the third month, that very day, now we've got God giving Moses command for on the third day, not tomorrow, not yesterday, the third day uh, from now. I suppose yesterday might be challenging for them. Um, so consecrate them today and tomorrow, have them wash their clothes and be ready on the third day, because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people all around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. They are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast, may they approach the mountain. So Moses goes down the mountain and he tells them, prepare yourself for the third day. Uh, And so they do. And then it picks up in 16. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended upon Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. Okay, so then it carries on and and God tells Moses to do it again, to go down and tell them. And then Moses replies like, we've already done this. And he makes them go down. And then it picks up chapter 20. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. And that begins the passage on the Ten Commandments. And so the scene we have here is that Moses and the people have left Israel, or I'm sorry, Egypt, on their way to the land of promise, which will eventually be the nation, the, the land of Israel. But they left Egypt 
on the first day of the third month, they arrive at the Mount, at Mount Sinai on that very day, and then God tells them three days, and on the third day they go, and God descends on the mountain, and uh, there's a sound of a trumpet, there's, there's a shaking of the earth, you know, there's, it's trembling, uh, there's cloud, there's fire, uh, and then the voice of God that comes and gives to them the Ten Commandments. And the people have said before that, we will listen and we will do. So this it's this moment. So Shavuot, the Feast of Shavuot, is a remembrance. It's one of the three feasts that God says on this day, uh, all Israelite males must come up to Jerusalem to, to celebrate this feast. Uh, today, traditionally, on, on the eve of Shavuot, uh, in observant communities in Israel, uh, people will gather at the synagogue. A lot of times they will stay up all night long uh, studying the Torah because this is the point at which God comes down on the mountain. He's redeemed the people from Egypt, from slavery, from bondage. He's brought them out as his own people. And now he says to them, here's how you are to live. This is what it looks like to be my people. This is what it means to be in my kingdom. Here is how servants and subjects of the kingdom of God must live. This is what it looks like to be a nation. Uh, so it's a pretty pivotal moment, and uh, there's not a whole lot of tradition associated with it. God just commands to remember this day uh, going forward. And so one of the traditions, and I think in a prior podcast we kind of talked about this, uh, there's there's usually cheesecake, uh, this idea of sweetness and the milk and honey and lots of different tradition uh, for why cheesecake. A big thing, though, is the studying of the Torah, of the giving of the Torah, of the God providing to the children of Israel his plan for how they as a nation uh, will live. And the purpose of that, as we just read, is because he is setting them apart as his people to be a kingdom of priests for the rest of the world. Their calling is to live out a specific, uh, walk out a specific life that points to God, that draws the nations, the rest of the world, to wonder and try to understand and to come near and, and to find out about this one true God who they serve. The, this is the point of which, here's what it means to live and to serve me so that you can draw the rest of the world uh, to me. So a couple of really cool things in here that we'll just unpack for just a second here. One of them is uh, in Exodus 19, uh, let's see, it's uh, 19 verse 2, it says, After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Uh, that word, and Israel encamped there, is Vaichan Sham Yisrael, and that encamp there did Israel, kind of directly how it translates, is singular. So the, the sages that are looking at the scripture notice and say, wait a minute, it says an Israel camp there, and it's not like plural Israel. It's not like all the people of Israel camp there. It's singular. And one of the things that's pointed out is the people are all in unison. When they get to the foot of Mount Sinai, they are all in unison. They are one, echad. Um, that's significant, and we'll talk about why in a moment. And then in, in verse 19, it says in, in my English Bible that I read, it says the, the trumpet sound, but that's the shofar. Uh, tradition has it that the shofar, which is the ram's horn that gets blown, um, that this ram horn that is blown is one of the horns from the ram that when Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, God provided the lamb. 
God provided the ram, and Abraham looked and saw the ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Tradition, uh, it's not in our Bibles, but tradition says that God then took the two horns of that ram that was sacrificed in Isaac's stead, that Abraham sacrificed, God took those two horns, and he, he, the first horn he used to blow as the children of Israel in unison were at the foot of Mount Sinai. The tradition then says that the second horn he will blow when the Messiah comes at the end of days. So that's an interesting tradition, but there's this idea here. It, it says that the trumpet sound or the shofar blowing got louder and louder. And we already know, we heard that it was like a shaking, but one of the, so there's like a shaking, a trembling that's happening, the loudness of the shofar. And then one of them, just significantly cool uh, traditions that comes from uh, Judaism, the, 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 the anthology of writing in the Midrash, Midrash being where the legends of what happened in, in the scriptures occur. And again, they don't believe in Messiah, uh, but this is one of the traditions that's going to connect for us into the, the New Testament, the Greek scriptures. It says in Shemot, uh, Rabbah 5 9. So, this is, uh, this is actually in the Talmud. It says that there were 70 languages uh, that were spoken. Uh, in Genesis 10, I think it's in 10, where the list of the nations is given, there are 70 nations. And so, in, in Jewish tradition, there are 70 nations. And they say at, the, at Sinai, when God came and he spoke, begins to speak the commandments, begins to speak the Torah out loud, that when it comes out, it came out and went to all the nations of the world. It came out in 70 languages so that every nation uh, could hear. The next thing that's, that's pretty cool is the scripture says that they, they saw and they heard the voice. And there's a whole bunch of conversation that goes on uh, about this. But here's a couple of things. It says, in, and again, going back, sorry, I didn't read it, Shemot Rabbah, it says that God's voice, as it was uttered, split into 70 voices in 70 languages so that all the nations should understand. Um, then later in, in another book by Rabbi Moshe Weissman called The Midrash Says on Shemot, uh, it says that Israel not only heard God's voice, but they saw it. They saw God's voice. And the tradition says that they saw God's word as like a fiery substance. It's like a fiery substance. And the tradition says that as the children of Israel are there and the loud blowing happens and they're in unison and God begins to speak and they see his speaking as fiery substance. Listen to what it says. It traveled through the camp. So the words of God split into 70 languages. They see it as like fire and it travels through the camp and goes to each individual asking them if they would accept God's commandment. When all the people had answered yes, then those, that God's word, those fiery, what they see is like a fiery substance, went and engraved itself on the stone tablets. The first set of tablets, uh, if you read in your scriptures, God carves out the first set and God writes into the first set. The second set, Moses had to carve out, but God still wrote. So the tradition here that, that we're looking at is, uh, in, in Judaism, when they understand Shavuot, this festival, they understand that at a specific time, at a specific time, they are gathered at the foot of Sinai when God comes and he gives them the Torah 
And when he does, he speaks out the words. They shatter into 70 uh, languages so that all the nations can hear. They come as what appears to be uh, fire. And it goes to each individual person encamped at the foot of the mountain and, and ask them if they will accept. And when they accept, then it goes and engraves on the stone tablets. What happens next, and we're probably pretty familiar with, a couple chapters over in Exodus 32, um, the, there's, a, there's a point at which Israel has, Moses has been up on the mountain for a while, and they say, we don't know what happened to him, and they have Aaron create the golden calf. And then when Moses comes back down to the camp and sees this, there's this point at which the tablets get broken and he draws a line in the sand. If you ever hear anybody say a line in the sand, that idea of like drawing out a line and you got to be on one side or the other, this is where that comes from, that idea that uh, we're so familiar with, a red line or a line in the sand. This is where it comes from. Moses makes this line in the sand. And he says, whoever is for the Lord or for the Torah, stand with me. And the Levites, the tribe of Levi, is the only one to come across the line. And one of the things uh, Moses says in 32.28, it says, today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord. It also says, and, and the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day, about 3,000 men of the people fell. So Moses draws this line in the sand after this amazing event, and then the golden calf, and then the line in the sand, and the Levites come over. Moses says, today you have been ordained. They go throughout the camp, and that day 3,000 men of Israel fall by the hand of the Levites for the sin of the golden calf. Okay, so this is Shavuot in the Hebrew Scriptures, in the, in the book of Exodus. Um, some of you may already be drawing some connections uh, to what happens later in the Greek scriptures. So, children of Israel leave Egypt on Passover. If you've been following along in the Old Testament and you watch the series on Pesach, that connects to when Yeshua, Jesus, gives up his life as the lamb and is sacrificed on Passover. The feast of Passover that is is uh, is observed every year, um, remembering the lamb that was slain and the blood that was shed, so that the children of Israel, the firstborn, the children of Israel could live, connecting to later the blood that is shed by the firstborn of Adonai of God, Jesus the Messiah is shed. Those two events connect. Now, when you do the math on the that very day and the three days from is from the leaving of Egypt, from Passover, you get to the 50th day. It's actually seven sets, seven sevens to 49. Um, the 49th day is when all of this occurs, and then on the 50th day is the giving of the Torah. And that, in Greek, is known as Pentecost. Pentecost meaning 50. The Feast of Shavuot, occurring 50 days after Passover, Pentecost occurring 50 days after Passover. So if we turn in our scriptures and we get over to chapter 2, I think it's 2, let me get there real quick, of Acts. It is. Chapter 2 of Acts. When the day of Pentecost came. So whenever you read that in, from now on, going forward for the rest of your life, 
Whenever you read Acts chapter 2, and it says, when the day of Pentecost came, this day, this day of Pentecost is the same day that the children of Israel are standing at the foot of Mount Sinai. The reason it's specifically on this day is to connect these two for us. But wait, there's more. They were all together in one place. We already know from Acts that it talks about the, the, the early believers, the followers of Jesus the Messiah, are, have everything in common. They're all in unison. If you remember back to chapter 19, verse 2 of Exodus, where it says singular Israel, they were in unison. Here in Acts chapter 2, they're all together in one place. They're all in unison. So we're starting to see parallels between these two events. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So just like at foot of Mount Sinai, where there's a shaking and there's the sound of the shofar, which is a sound like a blowing wind. It is literally a blowing of wind through the horn of the ram. There, there's this loud sound at the foot of Mount Sinai when everyone is gathered in unison. And here, everyone gathered in unison in this loud sound, the rushing of the wind. Um, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Sinai tradition says that God speaks, and when he speaks, you can see it, and it shatters into 70 languages, and it goes to all the Jews, the Israelites at the foot of Mount Sinai, and it rests, it comes to each one of them and rests upon them, and they say they will accept. Here, we've got the followers of Messiah all together in unison. There's the loud sound like a blowing, and then what appears to be like tongues of fire comes and rests on each one of them. Almost a one-for-one one at this point. Same day, same sound, same fire of God. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. One of the things we know later on here, well, I'll just let's just keep reading. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked each other, aren't these all... Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, and list this whole long list. Here again, tradition says that when God spoke, broke into 70 languages so that every nation could hear. Here in Pentecost, on that day, in Jerusalem, the disciples begin to speak, and everyone hears in their own language, connecting one for one these two events. Peter then gets up and he addresses the crowd. And he tells them this is, this is about Yeshua the Messiah. And he begins to unpack for them all in chapter 2 of Acts, which is uh, very good and important for you to read. Um, and he says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what must we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children 
and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Here we go. Get ready. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message and were baptized were about 3,000 who were added to their number that day. <laughs> it gives me chills. Brothers and sisters, friends, listen. This, this holiday of Shavuot, I'm about to choke up. This holiday of Shavuot and what, what, what Christianity is known as Pentecost are the same event occurring in two different places in time. We know that the prophecy of Jeremiah says that in the, in the last days, God will write on our hearts his Torah. His Torah. We know that here in Acts chapter 2, when they're gathered together in unison and there's the loud sound and then there's the tongues of fire that come and rest upon each one of them. And then what must we do? You must be saved. You must repent. You must accept this. And when they accept this, just like then where the fire goes and it engraves itself onto the tablets of stone, here in Acts chapter 2, the fire then goes and engraves on hearts of flesh. Moses leads the children of Israel to the foot of Mount Sinai. Yeshua says, wait, go and wait. They wait in Jerusalem. And on the 50th day, on the day of Shavuot, where all the men of Israel have come with their families to Jerusalem to remember when God came down in a loud sound and his words were like fire. And it broke into 70 nation languages so that all the nations could understand. And 3,000 died following that event. They're all remembering this. They're all there for this purpose. Studying, remembering, talking about this day of Shavuot where God gave the Torah to his people Israel. And then on that day, at that moment, because God has ordained it, Because God has ordained it before the beginning of time, his people are gathered in unison. There is a mighty sound. There is tongues of fire. Everyone hears in their own language so that all the nations can understand. They accept and the Torah is written on their hearts. And in that day, 3,000 birth into new life, where before 3,000 passed for the rejection, 3,000 are brought into new life because of their acceptance. Never again read Acts 2 without Exodus 19. Never again read Exodus 19 without Acts 2. And know that the God who laid out the sun, the moon, and the stars on the fourth day did so to order history around moments, specific days and time, to teach us what he desires for us. God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt in the midst of sin, in the midst of idolatry, in the midst of brokenness and pain and suffering, he redeemed them. He desires to redeem you today 
no matter where you are, how deep you are in the land of Egypt, how hard your life is, how many mistakes and broken things you have created with the life you've been given, no matter what state you were in, God desires to bring you out of Egypt. And when he does, he just doesn't turn us loose in the wilderness. He then leads us on a journey so that at a specific time, we're standing before him and he comes to us and says, are you ready to be my people? Are you ready to live in my kingdom? And when we accept his spirit, his ruach, his fire is written in our hearts, then new life comes. God's purpose for the children of Israel at Sinai was to become a kingdom of priests. In Acts chapter 2, we see those people, his disciples, getting filled with the Spirit, the fire riding on their hearts, and then they become priests for his kingdom. My desire for you, my desire for me, is to be set free from Egypt, to be led by the hand of God to the foot of Mount Sinai, to hear his voice in a language I understand, for that fire to come and to ride inside of me so that I can have life and then begin to bring life to others. Avino Mokeno, our Father and King. We are not worthy of all that you have done to show us your truth. All that is there that we've missed, that we've ignored, that we've not connected. And I pray that you will continue to show us your truth, open our eyes to see the, the many myriad of things that you have laid out and connected and intentionally put in place so that we can see your truth and know who you are and know how much you love us and know how mighty and glorified you are so that our lives can begin to look differently and impact the rest of the world. I pray that today and tomorrow and the next day, when your words come to us in a language we understand and fire that we will accept and when we do, you will write on our hearts. Bring us new life. Thank you for this feast of Shavuot. Thank you for your love and giving it to us. You are a good, good God. In the name of Jesus the Messiah, we pray. Amen. Wow, what an amazing teaching. And I hope that it helps you open your eyes to the way you understand scripture, to see the details that God puts in all of it. It's so important, so significant, and I'm glad you were able to be a part of that with us. If you have questions or comments, please, you can like comment below if you're on YouTube, if you're listening um, to the audio only, then you can shoot us an email at thewholetestament at gmail.com. And if you want updates to know when the next thing's coming out, you can like and subscribe on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, I don't even think it's called Twitter anymore, X, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> you, can, uh, you can sign up for those and we will see you next time with the entree episode to the holiday of Shavuot.